Hello everyone, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Passion Fruit Podcast. Now you might be thinking, why is this podcast named after fruit? You might also be wondering what this podcast is about. It's simple. From the name, this podcast is dedicated to feature some of the most energizing conversations with this generation's most impactful people. We're going to dive into their world and discuss with them their passions and the fruits of their passions. Sorry, I meant their passion fruit. We're going to be conversing with various entrepreneurs, creators, chefs, athletes, and more on what got them to where they are now today. We will also be covering topics like creativity, entrepreneurship, technology, fashion, wellness, and beyond. Welcome to Season 1. Hi, and welcome back to the Passion Fruit Podcast. In this episode, I interview Noor and Aisha from the Culture Mocktail podcast. If you still haven't heard about them, then leave everything and go listen to their podcast available everywhere. Here's why. Have you ever wanted to be part of a conversation about culture and the sense of belonging? Or perhaps learning about people's different perspectives as they were growing up? Then you should definitely listen to the Culture Mocktail podcast. I was thrilled to be having a conversation about culture with Noor and Aisha. Noor and Aisha have been best friends ever since they started college in the UK. They decided to start a podcast in 2020 during their last semester in college, right when all the craziness with COVID had just started. According to Noor and Aisha, Culture Mocktail essentially unfolds and embraces what it means to be cultural misfits in society. In this episode, we get to talk about what's it really like being third culture kids and explore topics that revolve around being what they call cultural misfits. Noor and Aisha also talk about how being dreamers help them become the people they are today. We also get to talk about career and more. Here's my episode with Noor and Aisha. Hey Noor, hey Aisha. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Passion Fruit Podcast. Hey! Hi, Maya. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're very excited to be here. We love what you're about. Thank you. I'm literally fangirling right now. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Honestly, that's so strange. Like, because like, it's so cool. I don't say, but it's so cool. Like, I love how through Instagram, we're just able to meet so many podcasts yeah. and like, people are doing cool things. Yeah, and it's, it's really so nice cool. that people from the Middle East are, are starting to get into the world of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. A hundred percent. Like, literally, even you saying that, like Noor said, like, it's such a nice thing. It, because, you know, whenever you're doing a podcast, you almost, you don't, you don't, I mean, you realize that people are listening, but you're also, like, not really expecting people to listen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, honestly. Like, oh, my God, what? Like, that's so cool. So, thank you. So- I feel like it's just my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, those people and now Maya. <laughs> and now me. So I'm yeah, Maya. <laughs> Love it. I discovered your podcast, Culture Mocktail, around a month ago, and I immediately got hooked. You guys cover a lot of things on your platform. And one of the reasons why I love your podcast is that you guys make it seem as if the listener is part of a conversation. Oh, thank you. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Also, you guys have this little part in the intro where you guys say you unfold and embrace what it means to be cultural misfits in society. Mm -hmm. And you also discuss a lot of different topics on your Instagram regarding culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your Instagram page is at Culture Mocktail. Yeah. So if you guys want to check them out, yeah, that's awesome. okay. yes. uh, shameless plug. <laughs> I have so many questions and we have so many things to talk about. First off, before we start, how do you guys meet? So we met at uni 2016, first day of uni. I'm in the UK, this Egyptian, not in her element. Everyone's like in the union and the union's like where if someone didn't go to uni in the UK, it's where people like go, go out at night to like dance music whatever so I'm there first day it's Aisha's first day as well we're in completely different dorms and you go out with your flatmates so I see another hijabi in the union I'm like this is my friend (laughs) (laughs) like already and we see each other like we're being dragged away like from our flatmates literally like like this love story like they're dragging us away and we're like but wait like we want to speak there (laughs) so we didn't even speak that night but then after we like started to see each other and like it sounds like we're dating (laughs) (laughs) we saw each 
tell this story like it actually sounds like we're married I mean we basically are to be honest. yeah you guys have basically. a whole podcast together you you guys have to have this sort of connection right yeah that's how it goes and how old are you guys right now so I'm 20 I'm okay here's the thing I have a bit of a story <laughs> it's how old are you the question is simple <laughs> no no, no. I, wa- I want to know I'm actually 23 but I turn 24 in a month but I like to mentally prepare myself in advance so I say I'm 24 about three months before I'm actually 24 <laughs> like about three months before in the age I just train my brain to you know like get used to the idea like realize that it's aging and aging is a good thing but I just like to mentally prepare you know aging I'm completely <laughs> opposite to you guys I'm, I, I literally till the last day I would literally call like I'm 22 right now and I'm uh-huh. terrified about turning 23 and so I would continue saying <laughs> me too 22. I mean no offense I mean like I age is not a problem like I'm trying to teach myself that I'm trying to teach myself your mindset but mm-hmm. I'm just freaking out you guys no I'm but that's out. why because it freaks me out that's <laughs> why or well, like try saying you're 23 if you want. <laughs> no, this is it's like 23. It's I'll tell you what better. the thing is. It softens the blow. Well, like it softens the blow. <laughs> it really doesn't. I'm 22, but I'm I like saying I that I'm 22 until the day that I turn 23. Like I'm like you, but I don't want to turn 23 because 23 is a bad year for everyone. Like oh, it's it's it? like a known thing. But no, she's says this all it's, the time she said this to me thing. right before on my birthday she's like yeah and guess way. what happened <laughs> her birthday's in march she turned yeah. 23 march of so 2020 the and then happened. Happened. So the pandemic <laughs> in march. Corona happened but i feel like i feel like but you but you ha- but you started the podcast when you're 23 so let's just talk about hey, that you know what so, i mean yeah the like glass yeah, half full. yeah exactly be optimistic we can't we can't guys i I really fear manifestation, so we can't manifest that 23 is a bad year. Like we have yeah, 23 is an amazing year. 23 is a Yeah. I'm optimistic about my 23, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I'm excited to turn 23. But me we'll too. see. Honestly, me too. You guys work really well together. You have so much chemistry. And Thank um, you. I, I, I was wondering, were you guys, what do you guys study at uni? So I do um, media. So I actually did an undergrad in media and communications, and now I'm doing a master's in journalism. And I studied graphic communication and illustration. Oh, so you guys are um, kind of an art background and a media background. Creative. Yeah, creative. Yeah. We're both yeah. really it works really well for thing. you. Like your Instagram is aesthetically pleasing. I feel like you guys, like it seems that you guys are educated about how to create content. Mashallah, mm-hmm. um, all our designs on the page are created by Noor. Um, yeah, I think it works well because she's media, like Amar, and we're both like creative people in general. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like you saying we know how to create content, honestly, it's trial and error. Like mm-hmm. I think since we started, it's just been trial and error because it's a whole like strategy behind it. Like, Ehna, we didn't go in thinking it would be like kind of difficult to like know how to like think about social media like with a social media hat on it was kind of like just oh let's post nice pictures and stuff like that but then with time we're starting to understand how it works would you say that Aisha yeah because to be honest I really don't even think we started with the I mean we started with we started our Instagram with the intention to okay cool like let's post promotions of that podcast episodes like I don't really think we thought that we'd be posting the different things that we're posting now right I think it depends because actually the the branding of my of our podcast was my uni degree was, yeah. was one of my uni degree final projects. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking in terms of aesthetics, but not maybe too much strategy. But I think we were speaking more in terms of like um like when which artists we wanted to come on and how it would look on the page. But did yeah. we think about things like, for example, did we think about tweets and like quotes, yeah, and like fun posts and stuff like that early on? I think I did very briefly just for the aesthetics like in my project but like didn't go into depth of it I think we like did that together as we started to post more yeah and I feel like I feel like it works really well for you guys because even though it wasn't your initial plan having all those uh posts really it it gives you guys the chance to really show what your brand is about Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you, Asun, what made you start the podcast? 
Hmm, I think honestly it was during quarantine the thing is you know like every other best friend you're like oh we're gonna start a podcast let's do it but the, the thing that actually made us start the podcast I think it was quarantine we had just I had just left the UK so it was my final year final semester um Aisha went back home to Norwich I went to Cairo it was like March and we had so many deadlines like final semester final year and I remember thinking like oh this would be such a cool way for us to do something fun together mm-hmm. I think that's what it was and we both love doing media stuff in general like Aisha did a lot of media like she does journalism as a master's stuff like that yeah, I think as well, as Nord was saying earlier, like she started initially the project began, like the seed of the project started because it was, um, you had to do branding for your final project, right? And you had to decide um, what it was to brand. So I guess some people mm. might have branded like a girl band or whatever, or whatever else. But Nord was like, okay, Aisha, should we do a podcast? I'm going to make it a part of my thing. Like, let's, let me brand a podcast for the final project and then we're going to do it like that's the plan so that's what ended up happening and one of my favorite episodes on your podcast is when you guys spoke about being third culture kids mm-hmm. and I related to you guys especially to you Noor because I was also born and raised in Jeddah and I am really to- yeah I, I oh my god um and I moved to Cairo when I was 16 uh so- oh wow yeah and and I felt like this this episode just gave me so much like I really like you know how you you listen to somebody's story and you just feel so empowered? you're like I get you you like, get I me get like we get each other and it's not only that it's not only that I related to it I was just so like I feel I felt rep- represented that's what oh, I'm trying to say so sweet. and so I wanted to ask you guys to share with us some of the struggles that you had growing up as being uh three culture kids and why it's important uh for you guys to have this conversation and for anybody to have this conversation so um i grew up in norwich which is in england um it's a very very white town with very little diversity um i'm half irish half syrian so both of my i mean i didn't have any family around like they were either in ireland or they were in syria um so yeah i mean growing up was interesting like I think really I didn't probably face the majority of feeling different until I would say when I put my hijab on because then I was like visibly different so it was a different experience um I mean growing up I always knew that I was different from my classmates like in terms of okay like we have these practices at home that your friends don't have but these are important values for you to follow um So I always knew growing up that I was different in that sense from my friends in school. But I think the main difficulty probably came probably around like 14, 15, when all you want to do is fit in. um, But you just are very different, both visibly and culturally from your peers. So I would say I found that um, quite difficult. And especially then when like my friends would start drinking and like I was the only one that wouldn't be able to go and like hang out with them Um, because that environment I wouldn't have wanted to be in anyway. um, That also felt quite isolating. So it was kind of more to do with feeling like I just didn't belong and there weren't any groups of people around me that shared my experience or I shared their experience. and not only that, it was more that I was the only one that wasn't sharing any of their experiences, like their experience was all the same. So I feel like, to be honest, it was quite isolating. Um, but I think it definitely is something that like you do learn a lot from and you can you can either choose for it to make you stronger and make you very aware of who you are as a person and like what you stand for and what you believe in. Um, or sometimes it can go like the other way. So I'm lucky in that, alhamdulillah, like my, like I have uh, like my family are very strong in terms of like support and what you believe in and things like that. I knew that that was, that was alhamdulillah, like a strong base um, for me, but yeah, like it wasn't easy, but um, I feel like that's the experience of a lot of people that grow up being um, a cultural misfit as we say. So yeah. Yeah. Like even though my experience was very different to Aisha, I think the feeling was the same. So it was this feeling of being alone and like feeling like I don't belong, but still 
so I grew up in Jeddah like you. وبعدين I I I the thing is I was in Saudi for the first 11 years of my life but I kept moving from city to city. So the longest I was in a house was two and a half years pretty much. So it was always like moving like Jeddah, Kair, sorry, Jeddah um Khobar, Jeddah and then we moved to Dubai. So it was like moving in the Middle East and then at 14, was it 14? Something like that. I moved to Cairo for the first time and I remember thinking like because my vision of Cairo uh, throughout the summers that I would go so like you know when you live in Saudi and you go every summer you visit your family I didn't see Cairo as like I loved going but I didn't see it as this like nice place I'm like I don't want to move there that was the last place I wanted to move like I loved That's moving no I was I was saying that I, I I kind of feel the same thing it's just that Now, like, if I if I'm going to compare what I think of Cairo now with what I thought of Cairo, it's completely different. Oh my god, completely! Di- like, I love Cairo, honestly, as a city, and there's so much to see. There's so much diversity within the country. Like, I feel like anything that you want to do, you can do in Cairo. Like, you have like Sina, and then you have Sea. Like, there's so much to. See. I feel like it's like the number one place for tourism, honestly. Yeah. Um, like I love the country itself. Um. But yeah, and I think the struggle that I felt was this lack of stability. So like, I didn't know where home is. Now it's like, I'm so at peace with that. But I think when I was younger, it was just very confusing. And then even though I was in the Middle East, I was still the only hijabi in my schools. Um, so like, even in in my school in Cairo, it was an international school. So I was I was very confused also that it was an international school because I'm like, There's non-Egyptians that live in Egypt? Wait, what? How does that work? Why? At my mindset back then, I'm like, why would they want to live here? Now I get it. Then I'm like, okay, I don't get it. But yeah, so I was like the only hijabi in school. And then even in Dubai, I was pretty much the only hijabi. So with that, I felt a bit isolated. But I feel like there's a lot of power that comes with being the only one doing whatever it is um whether it's like something or a podcast or like wearing a hijab or not or like having curly hair and everyone has straight or like whatever it is so yeah I would say those are like the basic third culture kids struggles yeah Mm. um and I feel like you guys embrace your culture so well and you guys like stand your ground but you guys are also very flexible with everything that is around you and I feel like as as third culture kids we tend to really We, we we're very like whenever we're, we're put in any certain environment we're able to adapt so so easily and mm-hmm. so i wanted to, to start this conversation why why is it important to talk about that why is it important for us to talk about culture what or you guys you guys talk about culture all the time this is what your podcast is all about why do you guys choose to make your podcast on that i think because it was something that we both struggled with and that I think a lot of people struggle with. And it wasn't a conversation when we were younger. Like, I mean, it almost sounds like the cliche now, like, and you hear a lot of people joke about it being a cliche, but it really is a big thing for people who are third culture kids to feel like they're too much of one culture for the other and not enough of one culture for the other. So It is a very isolating experience and we wanted, it's something that we both felt really strongly about. Um, I know that it was something that I used to get so upset about. Like, I remember, (laughs) this is so embarrassing now looking back, but it's how I felt. Like, I remember having like my bed which is now over there is no I was th- I was thinking about this yesterday actually my bed that was over there is now on this side of my was on this side of my room back when I was like 17 18 I'll say 16 17 and um I remember just feeling like oh I was just so on my own and I remember writing a song about it like it was one of my first um because I'm really into music all right Aisha you're a singer too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly love your voice I've, I've, I've been talking to you yesterday I was like oh, uh, I was literally checking because I'm a singer too I sing oh and, my god yeah oh my god. and um I think you relate to relate to how how amazing singing is because you get to learn it by yourself and you don't really have to go to singing classes to learn how to sing mm-hmm I always I don't know. This. I don't I know tell them all the time. Everyone can learn how to sing. Yeah, it's literally I, just like a yeah. muscle that you train. Like guys, yeah, exactly. this is this is what people who can sing always say. Like people <laughs> who have a good voice are like everyone can learn it. 
trust me i can't say okay like, you need to have you need to be able I to can't. have a, an understanding of pitch like you need to be able to understand where is this pitch. understanding yes, exactly. i never got this understanding <laughs> but if you None. have pitch you can learn yeah i i totally agree i feel like did you sound well like good when you were younger i don't think any kid sounds no. good when they were younger all you know is that they you like you know when you hear a child that like goes on and performs on like america's got talent or whatever yeah. they're not going to be like beyonce that would be so weird but like you can hear that oh my god this child's going to be a good singer when they're older like, yes, yeah exactly. all practice have you ever tried singing um yeah i i like i've tested my voice you know and everyone's singing you're like no mine doesn't sound like how theirs sounds <laughs> something's off here so i feel like i tried and actually recently i should not know this but i've been trying to hear myself like recording oh myself my and hear it back what? but I'm it's just to see no it's just to see how how i sound because i'm like maybe the issue is that. that i've never sung before i mean Th- those videos would never see the face of the earth but i'm like because they're bad yeah, share it to us share it with us no 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 i would it. rather i would rather die than share it oh my god no no, no. no keep of... doing this keep practicing wallahi like if you practice you'll see an improvement well but you know what i realized <laughs> do you know what we'll have <laughs> i realized that like i do must send some photo booth videos just to see what i sound like and after two times i'm bored i'm like i'm not good at this like i don't want to be good at this i'm i'm okay with just singing for fun in the car like with my friends like when we're like dancing whatever that's it like something i want to be good at is, for example like fitness like i feel like some sometimes you just have a natural passion for something and maybe i just don't I don't know where the passion comes from. I mean, way, oh my God, I just realized them, the podcast is passion. Well, I was going to tell them that you actually, Noor knows how to play the piano. Oh, you do? I, I don't know how yeah. to play the piano. I just got lessons when I was younger and I still remember some no, little melodies. So maybe but she can play even the piano, piano while we think. Yeah. Even the piano. Guys, the, I, I don't think I have that passion for music. I'm more of creating music. I'm just more of like a listener and a consumer. Like, I just don't have it in me. Because even with a piano, my mom put me in some lessons. Or maybe I asked her to put me in some lessons because I'm like, oh, like, this looks fancy. Like, I want to be able to do that with my fingers. And then um, I went, did a few lessons, learned a few songs. But I never felt like I'm so passionate about this. Like, it was just like a, like a phase. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to find something else. And then some passions stick, some don't. It's so interesting why some people are passionate about things and then other people aren't. I don't know where it comes yeah. from. But. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you would have the conversation with people that would, would question or like, like, for example, I would talk to my friend and she'd be like, why are you even starting a podcast? Like, this is not something that I would want to do, but you, you're mm-hmm. doing a great job at it. Um, mm-hmm. or, or like, you're, you're, you're like, you seem so passionate about having a podcast. So I feel like it applies to that. And mm-hmm. um, Talk to him. Yeah, and I feel like with with creatives in general, part of our personality trait is to be, I don't know, I don't know if I'm generalizing this or not, but I feel like we love to experiment and we love to Mm -hmm. really discover and we have this tendency to research and to learn more about certain types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's because, I mean, maybe this is also a generalization, but you guys tell me if you agree or not, because I feel like creatives wonder more and like probably have, a wider imagination are curious I agree. yeah so I like agree. because of both of those things i think those things allow them to like pair those two things and like create whatever it is that they and whatever medium to. it is mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like wondering and curiosity in general is literally what our creativity is stemmed from so mm-hmm. you know i i think that creatives could come in all shapes and forms like you can be I feel like cooks are creative. Uh, yeah, engineers are creative. Even if 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 it's all database, they are creative. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys were able to channel your creativity through your podcast, and you were able to discuss um, topics that, if they were discussed maybe a couple of years ago, they'd be really heavy on a lot of people. But you guys make it so light, and you guys make it so fun, and 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 you make people uh, able to relate to what you guys are talking about. And I feel like we we live in an age where it is clear to see that we should not really put so many labels on one culture because of how mm-hmm. everyone is diverse uh, right now. And um, I wanted to ask you guys, what are the conversations that you want to have in Culture Mockdale, whether on your podcast or on Instagram? Oh, 
so many. <laughs> we really wanted to, I mean, I don't know if this is going to happen, but let's manifest it like Noor oh. Mem uh, from yeah. This Mother Being. Yeah. That would be so cool to have her on. So like conversation about like female health, periods, like all of these things, which are still taboos. I mean, online, there's definitely been a movement, especially over quarantine, where people are like, yeah, like I bleed once a month where is the issue here but i i'm really want us to have more of these conversations like get people who are kind of experts in those topics and have conversations with them about like the taboo behind it why it shouldn't be a taboo just kind of discuss it because it's so normal and it happened like we all wouldn't be here if periods weren't a thing so it's just things like that, like things that like maybe a few years back, everyone would be too scared to talk about, but they're really like, we all talk about it with our, with our friends, everything like that. So it'd be really cool to have combos like that. Yeah. Like Noor does a great job. Noor does a great job in uh, really making it also a simple topic. Like she doesn't mm-hmm. really make mm-hmm. it um, uncomfortable because of how a lot of people in, in, in the Middle East are, or I feel like not in only in the Middle East, all over the world, I definitely think she's an inspiration, honestly. Like, I really, really, really admire her. I think everything that she does. And I really respect the fact that she does it all in Arabic. Like, Mm -hmm. a big round of applause. Because I went back and I realized her old videos were all in English. But I think she really wanted to kind of touch the Egyptians and the Arabs and, like, our communities. So... I think she really like it's effort for her in the beginning to be able to like make it all in Arabic, but like she really did that. She did that and she, she did, did so that. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did that. I agree. I agree. I think no, I think literally the same thing. I think like we wanted to move towards discussing still the idea of being cultural misfits, but kind of evolve in the sense of now looking at um looking at specific and individual cultures and how people um, navigate like taboos or whatever it may be, even if it's just in one culture. So like Noor, um, how she's breaking these boundaries and she's opening up the conversations that might not have been had before. Um, So going down that route, even and like kind of speaking to these, speaking to them and understanding um, their motivations and how they feel as people who have grown up in just one environment as well, but have these ideas that kind of conflict with that um, and how that can change society and things like that. So yeah, we're hoping to evolve in that direction too. Yeah, and something else actually I wanted to touch on that we, Aisha and I were speaking about is like the idea of a cultural misfit and I don't think we were really thinking about that, like going into it in the beginning, because we were just speaking from our experiences and it just felt very like it wasn't a cliche back in June for some reason. But now it's a cliche, like we've gotten a few people saying like, oh, it's a cliche being like, I'm too much of this, not enough of this. I mean, cliches are true. That's why they're cliches. But anyways, I feel like there comes a lot of privilege with being a cultural misfit in how we've been uh, sharing our narrative, like the fact that I've been able to travel, the fact that Aisha is able to have these two like unique cultures, like there's a lot of, a lot of privilege in that. But um, I mean, Aisha would be better to talk about this, but like Aisha's family, for example, a lot of them have had to be cultural misfits because not of their control because of the war in Syria they had to like move around so many different countries so we really want to speak to people like that are refugees that maybe are cultural misfits not because they wanted to be but because they had to be I mean no one wants to be not because of their do you know what I'm trying to say I don't think I'm communicating myself no you said it I couldn't have said it better myself yeah 100% I think like delving into bigger societal issues like looking at colonialism as well and like unpacking these big topics that we haven't done really in season one if we have like we've touched upon them slightly but we haven't really delved into them as a subject like as subjects as a whole so hopefully that's the direction. Aisha you mentioned that you are a singer and Mm. you're creative and you're doing your master's. Noor you're also very multifaceted you are you mentioned you're into fitness and you're a graphic designer and again you both have a podcast so all of these skills and all of these these things that you taught yourself were pulled together in order to form this podcast that you guys have created and so what what kind of conversation would you have with your younger self 
And what would you tell your younger self about career in general? Because I feel like we're always used to only focusing on one thing and we're, we've always been t- told to focus only on uh, for science, for example, or maths or whatever. And creativity was only like, if, you're in, if you can draw, then you're creative. Other than that, you're not. Mm. So what advice would you give your younger self? Aisha, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, my younger self, as you said, it was very much like from all aspects, from in terms of our culture, like in terms of actual school, like it was always science subjects that were pushed. Art was always the subject that everyone was really lazy in, that nobody really like made any effort in and it wasn't really it wasn't really taught to us in any kind of way that like art is something that you could actually pursue which is so beyond wrong like especially in today's age where you have social media and creativity is taking to completely new heights um which is such a shame like that's something that I wish people focused on more like for example I didn't know what graphic design was until I went to uni like and I always say like maybe if I had have known that graphic design was a thing it would have been something that would have taken my interest I feel like I would have chosen media because that's something that I'm really passionate about but I know for sure that graphic design would have been something that would have taken my interest but I didn't know about it because it was just never something that was encouraged um so yeah I think that's that's an issue that we have like all over the world I think when it comes to paying a lack of attention to the arts especially in the Arab world um but I feel like what would I say to my younger self um do you know my younger self I had a phase in like I was also thinking about this the other day you're catching me on all the questions I feel proud <laughs> for um I was actually somebody that it, okay in year seven I was amazing in school like I got above average grades like my parents were so happy then in year eight and nine I kind of took a dip and I became the kid that would eventually like make their parents start to underestimate them I'd be like don't expect too much like because I wouldn't want the pressure of having to get a good grade so I would lower their expectations all the time so they're like wow no but I played myself because I would lower their expectations and I started to like care less and I would lower my own like so I became like just go downhill yeah like I became I in year seven I was like this a star whatever grade student and then in year nine ish I became like bc grade um so i feel like this is a whole life story (laughs) no but i feel like i feel like yeah with with grades in general people put so much pressure on your grades and they put so much pressure on you have to get the a because if you don't get the a you won't succeed if you don't get you don't succeed you will no 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 so yeah i feel like i feel like this is such a wrong notion but the funny thing is is that i then went to a levels and listening to society listening to everything that everybody had to say um which I appreciate because I know everybody that had an opinion was only ever holding it because they believed that's what was right for me um but literally everyone in my life was midwifery is stable so I was actually going to go into midwifery to like <laughs> birth some babies yeah very niche very niche yeah very niche because I knew that like I felt like my mindset at the time was oh babies are cute like this is a science subject doing a science subject makes you clever whatever like this is what is stable like this is what is good were you picking a career because you're like babies are cute yeah <laughs> that was part of the thought process that was, the, yeah. no, that was part of the thought process guys like, I got to see I babies every day <laughs> and the thing this is, is good art, yeah art, like media for me was like a dream career almost like I didn't think that it was something that I was going to be able to do because it just seemed so like quote unquote unrealistic when it's not unrealistic at all like if you work for it you know but that's just what society seems to believe in the beginning of my a-levels I chose math biology chemistry um psychology psychology I found interesting but the rest um the rest I was choosing because I thought it's what I should choose and I did so bad like I worked so hard I really did work so hard but you know when they say like work smart not hard I think that was one of the problems like I I wasn't that was one of the problems alongside these subjects like weren't for me um so 
I basically failed the year um, and I chose to redo the year but choose different subjects this time so I chose um, philosophy and ethics I chose psychology um, media and Arabic so these subjects like I went literally no joke like this is just to show like how different things are when you're doing and studying something that you enjoy I went from having grade D-D-U-U. U-U, by the way, is ungraded. ungraded. Like, like, literally, I felt like the most stupid person in the world. Like, I was like, I'm working all of this time and nothing is working. Like, like I'm a failure. Like, that's, that's how I thought because literally nothing that I was doing was working. But it was because, like, these subjects, I wasn't interested in them. They weren't for me. Like, I wasn't good at them. But on the other hand... After I finished my year, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I ended up getting three A's for my A-double. So I went from literally the bottom of the scale, level up. alhamdulillah, literally like to the top, just because, just because I was doing something that I enjoyed. Like, and naturally it makes such a difference. So I think it's such an important thing to speak about um, when it comes to career paths and what your child wants to pursue and what your students want to pursue, because if they're doing the wrong thing, they start to develop like really incorrect beliefs about themselves that don't actually apply or make sense. They're just studying the wrong thing. Like, for example, I've said this before. I heard this quote somewhere. I can't remember where, where it's from, but take a fish out of water. Like it doesn't know how to swim. Like put a giraffe in water. It's going to be like, what the hell is going on? Like every, every being is in its element where it thrives and where it does amazing. And you put it in a different one, like that, that environment is just not for them at all and that's okay like I feel like it's so important to know which environments like in this case which subject areas are for you so that you can go and pursue them and be the best that you can be rather than try and fit in this society's mold and um, where you end up you're going to end up failing probably if you choose something that isn't right for you because that's not where you're meant to be you know so I totally I like agree for I that totally reason agree. I feel like it's it's something that I feel really passionately about because like I say I feel like especially kids that aren't encouraged in the areas where really they are talented they can start to just think oh my god like like I'm stupid like I don't I'm I'm not talented I'm not this I'm not that when that isn't the case at all you know I I kind of have a similar uh story to yours um um I I briefly just share with you what happened to me and then I'm gonna go on with me. yeah no share um, no tell us Mm. So I I got in I got into um, high school thinking that I'm, I was gonna do uh, IGCSEs and then so we have the international GCSEs and then uh, I was I was gonna go on about uh, doing A levels and then uh, when I moved here uh, my school back in Jeddah didn't have the option of doing IB and in general high school for me was so hectic just because of how, again, I, all my subjects were science subjects. Um, I did, I, I, the only subject that I was good at was English and business. Other than that, I, I wasn't able to, to, like I would work so hard and not get the grade that I would, that I wanted. And then mm -hmm. when I moved to IB, uh, so I finished IGCSEs. And then when I moved to IB, um, I was able, to, again, I chose the wrong subject. So I didn't get, the expected grade that I wanted, I wanted to see. And then with all these frustrations, I, I had to take a gap year because of how I wanted to really see what my passions were. And this is the mm -hmm. part of the reasons why I, I started passion food is because I wanted to help other people understand that it's very important for them to take the time to, to, to explore what their passions are. So when mm -hmm. I got into uni and I decided that I want to pursue or study media. And now I'm a I'm a 3.5 GPA, mm -hmm. and that's yes, it's true. It's true. It's it's it it. I feel like it's a very important conversation to have in general. So, thousand mm percent. -hmm. Uh, yeah. Wait. So, well, what subject yeah. are you doing at uni? I'm currently. Um, a majoring in integrated uh, marketing communications so Ooh, it's a bit of marketing wow. and a bit of communications and then uh, um, I have a minor in entrepreneurship or I'm still working on my minor wow yeah. honestly it's, it's fun yeah 
I feel like Pretty. from even like seeing your podcast, seeing what you're doing and what you want to do, it seems like that is a really good fit for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, so happy definitely. that you yeah, found but it like took the subject. A year. It took a year for me to to explore. I explored completely everything. I that's I, amazing. Yeah. It's better than getting stuck in the wrong subject again. Yeah. yeah. And that's the time it takes. Like sometimes that's part of again, it sounds so cliche, but we're here for the cliches like they're the truth like sometimes that's the time that it takes like it takes a year so what it takes a year a better a year now than like five years later or like you're depressed in uni doing something that you absolutely hate and might drop out anyway and like because you don't like it that much so yeah it takes a year it takes a year like yeah, happy honestly you yeah no shame no shame but uh, i wanted to i wanted to learn about uh what you would say to your younger self in Um, Do you know, it's very confusing for me because I feel like recently I've actually been trying to hear my younger self uh, and what she was thinking because I was such a dreamer. Like I, I did the IB as well, but I did all the right subjects for me because I... Alhamdulillah, my parents are very supportive, number one. And number two, I didn't care about this whole stability thing because I think, I don't know what it is because you guys are like third culture kids as well. But I don't know, for me, I I didn't really think, oh, I need a stable future. That wasn't really it. I was always... like always listening to my passion. So like I went to uni in the UK to do fine art, like not even graphic design that I switched that later on, like four weeks in because everyone was crazy in fine art. <laughs> but, um, but the actual, like, I didn't care. Like, I just thought, like, honestly, since I was young, I was such a creator, all, not uh, like influencer creator, but like creating things all the time. Like I'd always, if there's any trash, I'd always keep it and like do something out of it. Like, you know, the cereal boxes, I still have it now. I saw it the other day um, because I'm in Riyadh now where my dad is. So all my things like from my childhood are here. So I was looking at this box of, it's like just trash of me, like making like game boards out of like old trash or like making like old dolls and making something out of them like I was always in my own bubble busy number one but I didn't have friends you know (laughs) I don't know what I would say to my yourself but I I'm hearing I'm hearing noises not like that but I'm I'm listening to my younger self being like because I just started a job um like corporate job but I work in a PR agency as a designer so I'm trying to listen to my younger self to be like okay what would what would my younger self want, want me to do now? Because I found didn't care, like my IB subjects, my GCSE subjects, my uni degree, all of it. Not once did I think of, oh, what would be the stable thing to do? More like, what do I want to do? But now I'm thinking, as a 22-year-old, I'm thinking, or I'm finding myself falling into the trap, okay, stability, how do I do something that will make me money? But I'm, and which is good. It's not good to be completely like, oh, no, no, no. Money is an important conversation. Yeah, it is an important. You, we, Money we is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I like, up. Yeah. I agree 100%. So I feel like what I would tell to my younger self or what I would say to my younger self is like, keep being a dreamer. Because I feel like that was something, that's something that I felt like maybe I started to lose um, in becoming more realistic about what the world is like and what I need to do to make money. But I feel like now with social media, with like the accessibility of getting exposure through your artwork and through your craft, I feel like it is realistic to be an artist or it's, a, it's realistic to like be a creator, like you say, like be an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur through your art. So I feel like I would let my younger self speak to me now. So I kind of flipped your question. Actually, can I just say on that point, I think you can be a dreamer and still try and figure out because as you grow up, I feel like there is, there is kind of a line where you have to be like, okay, what is the best for me in this option? Do I have like an insurance policy or do I not? Or okay, let me, you can practice your dreams and do all of these things, but like, have measures in place just in case or even just think okay like for example okay let me work for like however long and then okay I'll try this and whatever whatever like I feel like Mm -hmm. it's important to just um I feel like you can be a dreamer and you should be like I'm definitely definitely like that but I feel like one important thing is I feel like sometimes you have to kind of almost um I don't know if this is the right word but I was gonna say like 
I feel like the best way is just give yourself like an insurance policy, especially because of how crazy everything is right now. Mm, um, exactly. And it's just like a line, like finding that balance. And I don't feel yeah. like on top of that, I don't feel like any dream that you ever have is ever unrealistic. Like I think that anything you work for and you really put the effort in, like if it's meant to be like, it will be yours. Um, yeah. I, I think the thing is, I never thought of, an insurance policy like that was never something that mm. I would think of and I think it's good it's definitely important like alhamdulillah I grew up and I'm starting to think okay like how how would I be able to do what I really want to do how would it, how would I make that a career like okay now I'm working in a big company because hopefully I'll learn like it's good obviously to have the real world insurance and like be feel secure but um sometimes I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that because it's mm-hmm. stable and that's a fear yeah. that I have I don't want to I don't want to be too scared to, to to take a risk or to like oh I need I need safety I need security I need stability that I forget to be a dreamer do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. when we whenever anybody gets into college they start having this battle inside their their mind like do 100%. I to pursue what my younger self would have wanted to pursue whether it is something crazy like I don't know be the president or or something like that or should I just focus on 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 a on a more like stable yeah risk-free route so um I feel like I would say that I feel like it's very important for people to have a self-awareness um to be able to shift their minds whenever they want mm-hmm. you know what i mean so for example if if they're if they're working a, a, a stable job they should be able to shift or, or teach them teach themselves how to shift into working in, in their side hustle or whatever they mm-hmm. they dream about a thousand doing. percent because and you said even, that so well yeah, yeah because even on that note you see when you look at people's like typical dream jobs so like whether it be full-time podcaster or whether it be youtuber or singer or professional dancer or somebody in the arts who is successful so I think it's important because especially in fields where you have like the typical dream jobs in the arts and whether it be like singing or dancing or podcasting or youtubing or whatever that may be i think these jobs almost always if not always they start as a side hustle like the overwhelming majority of the time like you're not going to see somebody it would be it would be almost irresponsible i feel like to some degree for somebody to be like okay i'm dropping everything to be a full-time youtuber when they have like two subscribers, you know, or, okay, I'm dropping everything to go and be a full-time singer. Like a lot of people don't do that because they end up working um, two jobs at the same time. Like Iggy Azalea, a lot of, a lot of rappers like rap about this. A lot of singers sing about this. Um, And I think because in order for you to achieve that dream job, you have to put in a lot of work. Sometimes it's double the work because sometimes you are working two jobs at the same time, just until you know that your dream is feasible and then you can jump ship. Like, okay, I'm earning enough from this. Or even if it's not about money, like, okay, I know that now I'm at a stage where this is going to start to grow and it's going to start to become something. Um, so then you jump ship. So to be honest, I think the biggest dreamers in the world, like I think a lot of them gave themselves an insurance policy and gave themselves that, okay, I know that I'm going to achieve this dream because I'm going to work hard for it, but I'm going to have to like struggle for a short period of time in order to be able to make that happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not, it's not that, uh, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you're romanticizing uh, struggle. No, like, not at all. Yeah, not exactly. All. Because some people romanticize struggle and then they start getting into the narrative that I worked so hard uh, for for what I've achieved, so you or you have, for example, if they were like if they were caught or or if they were scandalized or whatever, mm-hmm. they would they would be like, you have no right to talk to to tell me that I've done um, I haven't worked as hard as as for example a doctor has worked hard, but mm-hmm. I feel like we shouldn't really we should really whenever we 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 put in the effort into working hard, we should really strategize every step that we take. Um, mm-hmm. and not and not just like do it just because we want to work hard 
Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think that's so toxic. Like the, this whole hustle culture. Yeah, the I hustle so culture, opinions. I agree. I feel yeah. like it's a whole episode, honestly. So I don't want to like go too much into it, but it's it's so toxic. And I think at one point, to be honest, I, I did romanticize it. I'm like, okay, if you don't, Same, you don't work, you don't get it. Like that's how Same. it works. But but then it's kind of going into like the the layers of like, why do you want this? What's making you happy? What does success mean to you? Like celebrate little successes, like be good to yourself, like we're all gonna die anyways you don't want to die like burnt out you know yeah exactly and and I agree I agree with both of you guys uh I I I just wanted to make this point clear because um I'm pretty sure this is what you 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 thought of when you when you when Mm -hmm. you started this point it's just that I would see a lot of people um romanticize it and that and that's why I wanted to to just yeah put a point out there I think it's not about romanticizing. I think the point is, is just that like, if you have a dream, you need to be prepared to work for it. And like, it's not about, it's not about romanticizing at all. Like, I think a thousand percent, your mental well-being should come first. Like nothing is worth that ever. Um, But I, I do think that sometimes if you want to achieve all the heights and things that you imagine, you you, sometimes you are going to have to like put in effort, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, but smart effort. Smart, smart effort. effort. Yeah. Smart work. Smart. Back to work. Smart, not hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the, yeah. I totally agree with you. And I feel like without dreamers, we won't have, we won't have most of the very radical things that mm-hmm. are going on right now. There are, there are a lot yeah. of very empowering people and people that have done so much just because of mm-hmm. how they're dreamers. And I totally agree with you, Aisha. Do you know what I hate? Do you know what I absolutely hate? Like, you know, when people go on as if these dreamers, like their heads are in the clouds, like they're delusional, like they're delusional, whatever. Oh my God, it drives me insane because I'm like, there is no reason why you can't be that dreamer and make it happen. Like if you take the right steps and by the way, being realistic about your dreams doesn't mean your dreams aren't going to happen. It just means, okay, I have plan one, two, three, four in place. Like these are my stepping stones. This is how I'm going to make that dream come true. Those are the people that get it like every time. So, or most of the times if it's meant for them, but like, Oh, people who go on about how it's so delusional to like have these dreams and everything like oh my god it drives me mad like let people dream let them reach for everything that they want to reach for because it can happen but that's also this is the whole of the topic like that's also a very privileged thing to say it is yeah people who aren't like in a space where they can afford education or they have like a roof over their heads or whatever it may be like sometimes that isn't the case for them you know so like that's also another Thing, I guess to take into account to be honest I think it honestly depends like I really can't say what they can or should do because I feel like alhamdulillah we all come from like privileged places or like mm-hmm. you know to have an education to have this so I feel like they would be it depends what kind of privilege we're talking about in this case right yeah. but I did want to say uh, Maya to what you were saying about like uh, a doctor works harder than a creative or whatever I feel like hard work is relative and that's something that's missing like when people see for example people do things on social media or like podcasting podcasting is a lot of work it and is it's not a job for a really long time like so mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of work and it doesn't mean that it's less work than a doctor or more work. Like, it's completely different. And it's so relative to the job or to the passion that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I agree with you guys. And um, I think that uh, one trick that people should put in mind is to constantly uh, think about increasing their capacity and increasing the, the, or not increasing their will, but working towards creating their own life with their own hands I feel like this is mm-hmm. something that and you have the power to do it like if yeah. it's if it's in your mind obviously privilege comes into place uh, so many like being a woman being like a, diff- a specific skin tone being white being black like all these things but I feel like honestly everything that's around us like this phone was a thought initially like it was a thought exactly. in someone's head like this table, like someone thought, oh, I'll get a wooden plaque and put like two things at the bottom and it'll be a table. Like, that's so cool. So like, we literally have the capacity to live the life we want if we make it a thought in our head. Mm-hmm. Where, where, where are you planning to go beyond your passion for Oh, I like this on-brand question <laughs> for you. I, yeah. had to, I had to put it in. 
I mean, inshallah, Ya Rab, I feel, I feel like, I hope, inshallah, this can be where we go and where we move and what we move towards. I will hopefully be pursuing either work in journalism or kind of like within journalism and like the humanitarian side of things. Um, I'm kind of undecided, but I feel like whatever I do will include um, journalism and media. Uh, I want to develop my Arabic. Um, I would love to work out in the Middle East and then hopefully, hopefully culture mocktail is something that can grow and that um, can be a long-term thing. God knows where it'll take us, but hopefully that's something that we can make our our permanent little full-time thing what about you Noor honestly I feel like I just want to be a creative like I've been saying this but I struggle to like put a LinkedIn bio (laughs) like to say what I am like I'm not a graphic designer I'm not this I don't know like these are the perks of being multi multi multi-hyphenated yeah, yeah multidisciplinary I tell my dad I'm like Baba I'm a multidisciplinary designer uh, sorry creative sorry I just messed up <laughs> yeah, like, designer is so it, it doesn't even come close to what no <laughs> no I'm like Baba I'm a multidisciplinary creative he's like so what do I tell my friends you're a like this is so confusing just make it simple for me I'm like but it's not simple like I think I think I I wanna not be limited by the boundaries of like like, I want creativity to flow. Like, I want to do different projects throughout my life. I don't want to call myself... I sound like a crazy hippie artist. Girl, go ahead. Do your thing. Honestly. I think, honestly, that's it. Like, I just want to do creativity in whatever form it may be. Mm-hmm. I just want to create. And that's my passion. And, and if there's any person that wants to start a podcast soon, what advice would you give them? I would say just start it do your research it's a bit confusing honestly it was a bit confusing to find things to know how to start it like all the recording stuff I don't know what but I feel like information's out there like it probably takes a few weeks to research everything buy a mic like pick a topic I feel like for podcasts it's interesting to have a specific niche so like with you you're doing it about passions and it's very specific like the branding like passion fruit like it's very on point so I feel like I'd pick a niche I'd pick what kind of podcast form you want to do is it conversational is it interviewee is it solo is it whatever it may be and then I would just start doing it and just start posting and make an Instagram so people can find out about it and that's it what about you? Archie? And it's so fun. Yeah, it is. I love it, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything that Noor says. I think Instagram as well is one of the main points, like engage with your audience, speak with them, learn what they want to hear, learn about them. Like I think naturally when it comes to choosing a topic, it will probably come quite quickly when you look at what you're passionate about. But um, apart from that, like just start, like go straight into it. And I would say really focus on the socials as well yeah and I feel like everyone has a niche like some people are like oh but I don't have a niche I honestly feel like every person has like a quirk or something that makes them dumb so I feel like anyone can have a podcast and it can be unique if they really focus on what would make what makes them different as an individual rather than like trying to be like other podcasts I feel Mm -hmm. like everyone would have a really cool podcast and I love listening to podcasts so if any of Maya's followers makes a podcast, please send it to me because <laughs> I'll listen to it. Yeah. How can people find you on Instagram? We're at Culture Mocktail on Instagram and also on all of the listening, podcast listening platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for joining me on the Passion Fruit Podcast. Thank you so much First for off, having us. I, I just, I'm, I'm going to say this loud and clear. I see Culture Mocktail going places I really uh, believe in your podcast and what you guys stand for. And I, I just, I just want to thank you for representing Middle Easterns and North Africans and TCKs and everything that you guys stand for. You guys have an, you, you guys have a huge impact on people. And uh, I, just so wanna say, I just want to say, I just want to say, keep doing your thing and I'm rooting for you. Thank you so much. Enjoy your thing. Yeah. We be be successful together. Yeah. We be successful together. We're all at the table. Everyone has a seat at the table. We're excited. Yes, exactly. Honestly, 
thank you so much for having us on it was yeah. so much fun i really loved having i feel like oh, it was so an interview it was like a combo which i love yeah, yeah i feel like we've just hopped on facetime like with our friends thank you for listening to the passion fruit podcast do not forget to subscribe rate and give us a review also i'm constantly looking to hearing your feedback and suggestions on instagram direct message at the passion fruit podcast